Thank you, Lord. Oh, come on. Let's continue to do that. Let's lift our hands and let's magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. He's got all victory in his hands. Hallelujah. And the Bible says he has given us the victory. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever you have need of, would you lift it up today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the victory that I find in you. Hallelujah. I can't find it on a bar stool. I can't find it in some, re some relationship, but I only find it in Jesus. I can't find it in a pill. I can't find it in a bigger house. I can't find it in more money. I find it in Jesus. Come on, there's nobody like him. That's where the victory is. Hallelujah. Would you love him? Would you love him? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school kids to their classrooms. Everybody say God bless our Sunday school kids. And God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. Amen. They're going to have lots of fun learning about Jesus. Amen. But hopefully we have a little more fun in here today than they're having back there in Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles, the book of Zechariah chapter 4 and verse number 6. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse number 6. Amen. If you're looking for you might have to dust the page off. Amen. It's one of the minor prophets right before you get to the New Testament. Amen. The book of Zechariah chapter 4 and verse number 6. The Bible says this. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. Great name if you're thinking about baby names. Zerubbabel. This is the word that came to him. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Not by might, that means your might, my might. Not by power, that's your power and my power. But it happens that things come to pass by the spirit of the Lord. Next part, he says, who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain. How has this happened? It comes by the Spirit of the Lord. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with the shoutings and crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this house. Notice that there's things that are not cap you're not capable to do by your own might or your own power. It is by the Spirit of the Lord. But then it continues on in saying that by the hands of Zerubbabel, the foundation has been laid. And his hands shall also finish it. So what is it? By my might, my power, or by his spirit? It's both. Amen. Amen. The things that we can't do are by his spirit. And the things that we can do are by our hands. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you for who hath despised the day of small things 
For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet or the plumb line or uh, instrument of measurement for laying the foundation in the hand. Everybody say in the hand of Zerubbabel. In the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro through the whole earth. Now this is a prophetic scripture. Amen. It is speaking of the coming Messiah. But uh, I want to focus in on this portion. Who has despised the day of small things? And uh, when I started evangelizing, uh, I got a little nervous about all of the different things. And there was a lot. You, you kind of step out of the unknown. You don't, know, uh, you don't know where you're going next. You don't know uh, necessarily how the next bill is going to be paid. When you, when you work a secular job, you know, I'm just going to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And that's how I'm going to pay this. I'm going to do this. Uh, but when you go into, into ministry, sometimes you don't know, and, and you're traveling, so it's hard to do uh, different things like that. And I remember, uh, you know, really kind of struggling, and uh, I was talking with my friend, Brother Prado, and, you know, I was saying, Brother, I don't know if this is going to work out, how this is going to happen. And he gave me a phrase that I kind of kept with me, and I'm going to preach it to you today. And the phrase was simply this, big doors swing on little hinges. Big doors swing on little hinges. And I want to preach that to us for, for a few moments today. Would you set down your Bibles and would you pray? And I pray that our, our faith would be elevated here today and that God would, would help us through this word to, amen, know what actions to take from this day on. Hallelujah, Lord. I'm praying, God, that there's a lot of big things that, God, you're going to do in our lives, and there's a lot of things that are not by our might, not by our power, but they're by your spirit. And, God, I'm praying today, Lord, that we would, we would recognize there's some things you put into our hands. And, God, I pray that you would give us the courage and the strength. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to pray with me here today. I'm praying, Lord, I don't want to despise the day of small things, God, because it's still going to come to pass, and it's still going to come, amen, it's going to become something big and something great. And God, I pray, Lord, in this season and in this moment, Lord, I pray, God, give us the faith and the courage to enact in the small areas. In Jesus' name, let's clap our hands and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In Jesus' name. Big doors swing on little hinges. A friend of mine shared a story with me about a rock and roll band that was one of the most prominent bands in the late 1970s out of Pasadena. And they were the epitome of rock and roll lifestyle. But there was a weird story that followed them around wherever they toured, and it was their infamous contract. This band had something specific put in the contract that they used when they toured. It said that everywhere they went and in every dressing room on their tour, there had to be a bowl of M&Ms. And that's not necessarily weird, but it was the next phrase that followed that turned a few heads. And in this bowl of M&M's, they wanted all of the brown M&M's to be removed. They didn't mind if you had all these other. They just had one specific M&M that they did not want with the rest of the M&M's. And the way it looked on the outset is this small request just seemed to show what kind of divas rock stars could be. 
It showed that any whim that they have would be met, no matter how petty or how small. If you hated brown M&Ms, poof, they disappeared. If you, uh, if you wanted a particular snack, it would be there. If you wanted your dressing room to be painted a certain color, it would happen. But uh, it wasn't until one day that the lead singer was interviewed, and he finally gave the logic behind this weird request. He told the interviewer that as a rock band, they were invited to all sorts of places. They toured all kinds of venues across the nation. These venues were hosted by all kinds of promotion companies because everybody wants to get a little bit of the money that comes with fame. And some of these companies were not very reputable. At one point, some of the road staff almost was almost killed after the venue did not have adequate electricity for the lighting. The genius behind this little demand to remove the brown M&Ms had a big impact. If the local promoter did not read the contract carefully, it showed to the band and to the road crew that he did not pay attention to the little details. This means that stuff could collapse, things could go wrong, that it could be dangerous and people could get hurt. Amen. To any outsider, this little request just was another petty diva demand from the rock band. But these brown M&Ms being removed were nothing more than a canary in a coal mine. This contract that said that brown M&Ms were not supposed to be in there. And it didn't matter how small of a request it seemed. It didn't matter whether the local promoter agreed with it or if he thought it was stupid. He had to follow through with this small request. Because this band was using this small request as a test. They found, if they came to the room and they found brown M&Ms, they were able to tell the working crew that they needed to look out for other things that were most likely ignored. The band realized that some things that appear insignificant and little actually give us insight into bigger things. I use this story here today as an intro. Amen. trying to pull us in here today to remind us that little things can and do make a big difference. I've come today to magnify the little things in our life that you, that God will use and that life will use, uh, amen, to e accomplish big uh, things. I want to tell us here today that little things matter in life, uh, little things matter in marriage, little things matter in your walk with God, uh, little things matter on your job, uh, little things make a big difference. Somebody ought to give the Lord some praise. I want to tell us here today, God is watching the little things. In Luke 19 and 17, Jesus tells a parable of those that have been given a, a certain amount of money. And then it tells what they did with that amount of money. Now, you got to understand, to some people, it might have seemed like a great sum of money. But when you read in Luke 19 and 17, you realize the vastness and the richness of this king. He said to him, Thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, thou, how, thou shalt have authority over ten cities. He said in another parable rep, uh, that was representing that one, uh, If you are faithful over little things, uh, you will be made ruler 
over many things. I've come to tell somebody God is watching the little things. God is paying attention, and his eye is on the sparrow. What's a sparrow? It's a little thing. His eye is on the lilies of the field. What's a lily? It's nothing more than a little flower. And he said, you are more valuable than many sparrows. I want to preach to somebody uh, that God is interested in all of the little things uh, and he's paying attention to all of the little things. Uh, and so you don't need to despise the day uh, of small things uh, because the small things uh, are God's way of testing you to see whether or not you are ready and able to rule over big things. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise here today. You see, the, the small things, we, we often get to a place where we don't think they matter, but God is watching the small things. I want to tell you, there are no big tests with God. God doesn't test with big things. God tests with small things. Now, I want to qualify this. God will test you with what you think is a big thing. Well, this sickness is a big thing. It's not a big thing to the Lord. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Well, this is a lot of money. It ain't a lot of money compared to what God wants to give you, but it'll test you with a small thing. Uh, amen. I want to tell you, God is always testing uh, and helping us so that he can move us from where we are into the greater and bigger things. Uh, it might feel like a big test to us, uh, amen, but it's a little test in comparison to where God is taking you. Hallelujah. I want to say that again. It might feel like a big thing and a big test, but it is a little thing and a little test in comparison to where God is taking us. Amen. I want to preach to somebody. Don't despise the day of small things. Even in school, you take a test before elevating to another level. Well, God, hurry up and get me out of here. I want to tell you, they're not letting you graduate and move to the next level if you can't handle this one. If you can't pass first grade, don't expect to go to second. And, you, you know, there's some people, they want to get elevated to a level they're not prepared for. And, and God is using the little things. Well, I can't do it. I, you, know, if I, you know, there's some people that use this logic. If I had a million dollars, I'd be a giver. You aren't a giver now. You'll never be a giver when you have a million because all money does, uh, amen, when you have more of it, it just magnifies more of what you are. Money doesn't make you. It magnifies you. Oh, hallelujah. If I had more time, no, you aren't going to get more than 24 hours in a day, 365 days in a year, 52 weeks a year. What are you doing with the time you got? Hallelujah, I come to preach to somebody. I know some folks have said if I had a little more time, I'd be a little more committed. Then they got a little more time, and they started doing a little more extracurricular things. All it did was magnify more of what they were. If you can't be committed in the small things, you'll never be committed in the big things. And you got to thank God every day. He tests you over the small things because it is God's way of saying there's a big door that's swinging on this little hinge. There's a big thing hanging on your ability to accomplish the little things. There's a big blessing with your ability to conquer the little blessing. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. Don't despise the day of small things. Pass the test of the small things. Accomplish and conquer today so you can be ready for what God has tomorrow. Put your hand to the plow today so you can be ready for the harvest he's got tomorrow. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise. 
God doesn't just test you. He prepares you for the test. Amen. Scripture shows us that our faithfulness in the little things are indicative of our faith in the big things. Jesus said your, that your faith, even if it's the size of the grain of mustard seed, that might be where it starts, but it doesn't stop there. Hallelujah. And just that, if you, if you will utilize that faith that's the size of a mustard seed, he said you can move mountains. I want to tell you what would happen if we would take that little bit of faith and we would plant it. And that Jesus told a parable about the mustard seed being the smallest of all herbs. But by the time that seed produces, it becomes a great and mighty tree, a great and mighty bush that all of the birds and the fowls of the air rest in. You know, but what happens? to us uh, is we say this isn't much. Uh, this mustard seed isn't a lot. Uh, and so instead we throw it away uh, or we never use it uh, or instead of instead of planting it, uh, we just hide it uh, and it never grows beyond what it is. Uh, but if you would ever say I'm not going to despise the day of small things uh, and this little bit that God has given to me uh, is just a small representation of the great things God wants to give to me. I'm going to plant it uh, and I'm going to use it. And if he puts it in my hand, I'm going to put it in the ground. And if he put it in my hand, that means he's going to trust me with it. And if he put it in my hand, it might be a test, but I'm going to pass the test. Somebody ought to give God some praise here today. God has always used the small, common things, the daily things, to reveal the condition of the human heart. Manna in the Bible, amen, I've preached about manna before. The Bible says it was like coriander seed, uh, amen. I want to tell you that coriander seed's about that big. Uh, it doesn't look like much. When I thought about manna when I first read the Bible, I thought God was dropping loaves of bread, amen. But God wasn't dropping loaves of bread. He was dropping little seeds, and you had to collect those seeds. That's why the people started collecting uh, large amounts so that they could save it for the next day. But God made sure there were worms uh, that would eat it so you couldn't save it uh, because he said, I gave them manna in the wilderness that I might prove them. I want to tell you, every blessing God ever brings in your life uh, is a testing. Uh, we, we like to testify and shout about the car, but the car is not the testimony. The car is not the blessing. The car is the test. Woo, hallelujah. The house is not the testimony. The house is the test. The new job is not the testimony. It's the test. And what you do with it is the testimony. Hallelujah. I come to preach to somebody. Uh, if you get a new car and you drive as far away from God as you can get, I want to preach to the Jonas uh, in the building. Uh, amen. That was not a testimony. Uh, that was a failed test. Uh, and if God blesses you with a new job, but you start missing church, that is not a testimony. Uh, that is a failed test. I come to preach to somebody, uh, you got to see every blessing uh, as a testing. Uh, everything he brought in my life, uh, God is proving uh, the condition of my heart. Uh, God is proving uh, whether or not I will do the right thing uh, with what he gave me. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to give him praise. But I got good news for you. Uh, big doors swing on little hinges. Uh, and if you will do right uh, with what he gave you, uh, you better get ready for the rain uh, that's about to fall. You better get ready for the blessings that are about to swing into your life. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. God used that manna to prove them. Don't, don't, and I, ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Don't fail the blessed test. 
I know some folks that pass the broke test, but they can't pass the blessed test. That's why God keeps them broke. Because the only way he can keep you saved is if he keeps you broke. But God wants to bless some folks in this house. But every time he puts something in your hand, you put it in your pocket. And every time God puts something in your hand, you make sure you use it for you and not for greater things and bigger things. And that, that's a test, amen, that you put the wrong answer on. Hallelujah. But God is using these things, and God is using the manna to prove their appetite. Whether or not they would walk in his law or not. Whether or not he would follow their, that, whether or not they would follow his word or not. Amen. Whether or not every day they got up, they went looking for more manna. They went looking for more of what God said. They were looking for more of what God was doing. And there were those that tried to collect enough where they could just do a bunch. Hallelujah. I come to preach to somebody. And then not do anything for a week. That's called failing the test. Amen. I know, I know what it is. I, I told somebody the other day, I said, when I first got saved, amen, I, I wanted to go on a trip. I was part of Bible quizzing. And they said, you know, you're, you're behind on your verses. And so you got to learn uh, 70-something verses. So I locked myself in the room for eight hours, and I memorized 72 verses. And you shout about that. I don't shout about that. I should have been learning one verse a day. Hallelujah. And there's some people think, I'll go on a 40-day fast. Uh, but you know, if you fasted one day a week, you will have fasted 52 days out of the year. But it's not as extravagant, and it's not as cool, and we can't post it on Instagram, and we don't get a big shout-out. Uh, you, know, you know, you can go across the world and make one convert, uh, and it seems like a big deal, but it's not a big deal when you talk to your neighbor about Jesus. Why does it have to be a big thing to be a big thing? I want to preach to you, God is looking at the small things. Did you love on your neighbor? Did you show them Jesus? Did you? We don't have to do great big things for them to be big things. Don't despise the day of small things. You got up in the morning. You went to your job. You paid your bills. God bless you. You're passing the test of the small things. You're passing the test of the little things. It's these little things that we often view as insignificant, and they are the proving ground God uses for our faithfulness. You know, when you look at the difference between Saul and David, and I'm off my notes here, first thing you see of Saul, he is losing his father's donkeys. The first image you have of David, he is keeping his father's sheep. And when David showed up to the battle looking, and he said, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? And he had an opportunity to do a great thing. Saul asked him, what qualifies you? And you know, there's a lot of people say, well, David was qualified because he was this, because he was that. All David would say was, I was keeping my father's sheep. And Saul recognized something about David. You were doing the little thing that I couldn't even do. And since you did the little thing, I'm going to let you do the big thing. And if God could empower you, amen, over the little, God will empower you over the giant. And if you will take care, I've come to preach to somebody Faithfulness in the little things is the proving ground for greatness. Faithfulness in the little areas is the proving ground for greatness. Don't wait for Goliath. Take care of the sheep. Don't wait for the giant. Take care of the little sheep. Take care of the little lamb. Come on, somebody ought to give him praise here today. If you're faithful over the little, you'll be ruler over much. Everybody wants to be ruler over much. Who wants to be broke in the house? No? Okay. You want to be ruler over much? Be faithful over little. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll I, I tell you what. I thank God for everybody that's here today. But I'm looking forward to a day where we have five times as many people as are here. 
and everybody wants to shout on Instagram about that. But you know how you get that? By taking care of what's here. I know you can look over the fence and say, man, the grass is greener. But, brother, if you just watered your lawn right here, it would turn green. If you would just fertilize the lawn you're on, I promise you, take care of the little that God put in your life. I promise you, you'd have revival. I promise you, you'd have a miracle. I promise you, you'd... And you wouldn't have to shout about somebody else's lawn. You could barbecue in yours. Oh, I came to preach to somebody. Hallelujah. The big doors you're looking for are swinging on the little hinges. The miracles you're praying for are swinging on the little hinges. The blessing you need is swinging on the little hinges. And if you will get a hold of the little and be faithful over the little, you'll be a ruler over much. Would you lift up your hands? Come on all across the building. Come on, let's pray all across the building in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. While I'm preaching, I don't want you to think about the big things you got planned for your life. I want you to think about the little things you got to do this week. I don't want you to pray about the things you got 10 years from now. I want you to pray about the thing you got to do tonight. Hallelujah. You know, we all struggle a little bit with the little. We all got a little struggle. <laughs> a lot. Amen. We always like to focus on Sodom and Gomorrah, but you know what got him hooked on Sodom and Gomorrah? The little city of Zoar. In fact, when, when God tried to get him out, he said, can I just stay in Zoar? Is it not a little city? You know, the things we try to get deliverance from, we always think, I need a mighty deliverance. No, we often need a little deliverance. Oh, hallelujah. Man, I need the preacher to come and lay hands on me and cast the devil out of me. I need deliverance. And the truth is, you need discipline. I need you to lay hands on me so the fat falls off. No, you need to live. You need you need discipline, brother. Amen. I, I know there's some false prophets out there trying to do that. It don't work. Hallelujah. Amen. You can lay hands all day, and all it's going to do is jiggle. Praise God. Amen. But if you got some discipline in your life. Hallelujah. You know, you can go and get liposuction and you can look like you got it together, or you can change your habits and it'll actually have it together. I want to tell you, you can take out a loan that you can't pay back and look like you got it all together. Or, brother, you can save and you can invest and you can work and you can put your fingers to the bone and you can trust God and you can be a giver. And all of a sudden, the things that everybody wishes they have are now yours. Why? Because I took care of the little things. But there are people like Lot saying, I need deliverance from Sodom and Gomorrah. No, you need discipline on making your bed. Well, hallelujah, I know well, the preacher's not preaching the Bible anymore. Yes, I am. <laughs> Amen. The Bible talks about a slothful man. Amen. That he will be led into more poverty. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, you will be more impoverished, not just monetarily, but you will be impoverished in your mind. If you don't work your mind out, your mind will deteriorate. If you don't work out your money, your money will deteriorate. What you don't focus on diminishes, and what you focus on multiplies. And so if you start not focusing on the things that make your walk with God vibrant, your walk with God will die. And it's not the time that you come to church when everybody's shouting with you and you're shouting. No, it's I got up in the morning. And I lifted my hands in my car as I drove down the road. And it was a small thing. And I just said, thank you, Jesus. Can I preach to somebody? That's not romantic. And we romanticize things and we romanticize our walk with God. I want to tell you, it, your, your marriage is not dependent on Valentine's Day. I come to preach to somebody up in here. If your marriage is dependent on a box of chocolates and some red roses on Valentine's Day, your marriage is on its way down. 
Once a year, I let them feel special. Once a year, I make them feel like there's something. I want to tell you, that's what the world will tell you. In fact, the world, every worldly romantic movie ends with a wedding. A big, exciting celebration. And they tell you everything's romance. Everything's big. Everything's grand. When the truth is, the story isn't over. There's a reason every fairy tale says, and they live happily ever after. Brother, I want to tell you, that's a fairy tale. If you want happily ever after, it's not roses and a box of chocolates on Valentine's Day, although that's part of it. I'll tell you what it is. You take out the trash on Tuesday night. I'll tell you what it is. When the dishes are overflowing. Uh, you get up and you do something about it. Oh, no, 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 no. That's just a small thing. I want to tell you, big doors swing on little hinges. A good marriage is not hinging on the big romantic things you post on Instagram. I want to tell you, it's, it's on the little hinge of a compliment. It's on the little hinge of a let's spend the day together. It's on a little hinge of just taking time out of your busy schedule to be a Oh, I, I think so. Y'all give God praise. I'm preaching better than you are responding to that. I know that doesn't seem very spiritual, but that is the most spiritual thing you can do. Don't despise the small things. Don't despise the little things. Pass the test of the little things. You know, those are the things. You know, when, when I do counseling with people, they always want me to give them some magic wand. Abracadabra. Here's what you need to do. It's, it's great. No, it's always the small things. You know, it's the thank you. Well, praise God. It's the I'm sorry. I know we're not perfect at this. Nobody is. But if we will work on it day by day, week by week, year by year, I promise you it will, it will compound. Uh, amen. The people that get rich don't get rich by a million dollars. They get rich by one dollar. And they do something different with that one dollar than the rest of us do. We go through the checkout stand and see that extra thing for a dollar. We pick it up. Amen. But they, 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 they do something different with that dollar. And they invest it because they understand something called compound interest. Amen. And it's not, the, it's not the big money. It's not the big dollars. It's not the big things that make the biggest difference. It's the little things that make the biggest difference. It is the little things that will change your family. It is the little things that will change your walk. It is the little things that'll change your marriage. It is the little things that'll change your kids. It is the little things that'll change your ministry. It is the little things. Yeah. A can hit a little bit of gold and a little bit of silver and a little Babylonian garment. What's the big deal? I want to tell you, God was focused in. In fact, the whole nation couldn't move forward because one man wouldn't take care of little things. Naaman. The Bible says he was a, a leper and he was told by the prophet to go dip in the Jordan River seven times. But the Bible says he was wroth and he went away. He got angry and he said, are not the, all the rivers of Damascus better than these? Amen. He, the Bible says he went away in a rage. You know why? It wasn't big. In fact, it was too small to actually work. I've come to preach to somebody today. No way that that's actually going to affect something, preacher. No way that's actually going to make a difference. You don't know how crazy it is. You don't know how bad it is. You don't know how far into this I've gotten. There's no way he went away in a rage. In fact, he said, I thought, that's where we always get in trouble. I thought he'd come out and lay his hand on me uh, and he'd call out to his God really loud uh, and that God would descend uh, and I would be healed of my leprosy uh, and thank God for some good people in his circle that said, my father, uh, if the prophet would have bid you to do some great thing, uh, you would have done it. 
Can I preach to everybody about the little struggle? If 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 it is something grandiose, uh, amen, uh, preacher, uh, amen, pastor, uh, uh, you asked me to preach on Sunday, uh, I'll preach, uh, but can you scrub toilets? Uh, amen, uh, I'll do, no, 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 I'm not really interested in that. I'll do the big things. Uh, you know, I really want to go across the world, uh, but brother, can you just make it on Wednesday night? Uh, can you just be in prayer on Tuesday night? No, no, I got, my ministry's big. No, I want to preach to somebody. Uh, your ministry is only as big as how you handle the little things things. Your, your marriage is only as big as how you handle the little things. Your kids are only going to grow as big as how you handle the little things. Your business, your career is only going to be as big as how you handle the little details. And they said if it was some great thing, you know what Naaman wanted? Go and fight armies. He was a mighty captain. It was something that would have elevated his pride and made him feel good and look good. I want to tell you, little things are not to make you look good or feel good. That's why they're little. But I want to tell you, they're there to make you good. Hallelujah. And this guy said, listen, if he'd asked you to do some great thing, you would have done it. How much better is it if he says some little thing to you, such as wash and be clean? You know, we often need the little things in our life, not the big things. I feel the Holy Ghost. We don't need the big things because there are a lot of people. You know, everybody wants to do the big things. And that is understandable because the big things get you all of the notoriety that you want. The big things get you all the notice that you want. Uh, amen. And that's part of our human nature, and we've got to wrestle against it. Uh, but great people are not great people because they only do great things. Great people are not different than you and I based on big things. The difference, if you even read about uh, seven, highly, uh, seven uh, uh, habits of highly effective people, it's not great things. It's not, well, I invested 10 million dollars no it's i got up early in the morning the only difference between a great person and a person that's not so great is the difference of how they handled the little things i want to preach to somebody name and head to address and contend with what he considered to be insignificant the prophet asked him to do little insignificant things and not to do great exploits his miracle was not connected to the great and the grandiose his miracle was connected to the little things i've come to preach to somebody that says preacher no way it's got to be more complicated than that surely wash and be clean is not enough surely being baptized in Jesus name is not enough it's just too simple surely obedience to the word obedience to the spirit obedience to the man of God it's just it just seems a little too simple there's no way that could be the answer that I'm looking for but I've come to preach to you the answer that you need and the answer that you're looking for is more simple than you recognize it's the thing that you call insignificant it's the thing that you don't think matters it's the thing that is most difficult to do oh somebody ought to clap your hands and give him praise you know the simple things and I, I I got a lot I could preach I don't want to preach over preach this here today but you know it's often the things that are simple that are the most difficult to do how do you lose? I, I, I hate to go to natural things, but we're human. We got we to gotta go to the natural things. You know, people are like, give me a, give me a pill to lose weight. No, brother, that's not going to work. 
I want to tell you what they always say. You just need to, you need to intake less calories, and you need to ex, you need to you need to get rid of some calories. Amen. So you need to either take in less or you need to put out more. But you know when this is why there's a multi-billion-dollar industry of pills and all of these different things and supplementation that says if you take this magic pill, it'll work. You know why? Because we want any other answer than the right answer. We want any more complex solution than the actual solution. And the truth is, if we would just do the little, if we would just do the simple. And this translates more than just health. This translates into your marriage. This translates into your career. This translates into your walk with God. Uh, his healing was on the other side of his obedience to the little itty-bitty request and demand of the prophet. Because little things make a big difference. Would you lift up your hands? I'm just about done preaching here today. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. There's some people here today that while I'm preaching this, the Holy Ghost is speaking to you, not about great things, not about big dreams, but God is saying, would you wake up and recognize what's in front of you today, and those are the things I want you to focus on. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Exodus 23 and 28, God said, I'll send hornets before you to drive out all of the Hevites and the Canaanites. And I will not drive them out of you in one year. You know what we want? We want God to do it big. God, do it now. Who wants a miracle to just be boom right now? I thank God for those. And they happen. Let me just tell you, they happen. And we'll preach about that at another time. And we want the big and extravagant things that happen right away. But God said, I will not do that even in one year. He said, because if I do that, amen, the land will become desolate. If God delivers you faster than you are capable and ready for, I want to tell you, there are going to be things that destroy. Instead of it being a blessing, it'll be a curse. There are some people that if God blesses you with what you're praying for, you'd be lost. If God healed you, you'd be lost. And so God says, I'm going to do this in increments. And the Bible says, I will drive them out little by little. God made a promise to bless and to deliver them from their enemies, but he made it clear it was not happening all at once. It was going to be in the little by little. I've come to preach to somebody, don't despise the little by little. Don't despise the process. Don't despise how God does it. Just be thankful that God's doing it. Don't despise it. It's not happening when you think it should. Just be thankful that something's happening. Don't. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. I'm as human as you are. I know what it is. We want God to do it in one conference. We want God to do it in one preaching. We want God to do it in one class, in one Bible study, in one self-help book. We want God to do it in one supernatural spiritual experience. We want God to do it all at once. But God doesn't do things all the time instantaneously. Sometimes God sees the breakthrough we really need. And it's not a breakthrough that's all at once. It's a breakthrough that's in the little. It's not a breakthrough in the great. It's a breakthrough in the little. Let's stand to our feet and clap our hands unto the Lord and give him a shout of praise. Can you praise him for the little by little? Can you praise him that it hasn't happened yet, but something's happening? Can you praise him that it's one moment at a time, one day at a time, one Sunday at a time? You know, that's really what it is. We want God to do it all at once. And sometimes God will do that. But you know, even when you look through the Bible, 
that didn't happen very often. God waited 430 years before delivering them out of Egypt. And even then, he said, let's take 10 plagues. And even then, they get to the Red Sea, and he's like, let's part the waters. And everybody got an image of Charlton Heston. I want to tell you, that's not in the Bible. The Bible says God pushed the water back through the night, Brother Anthony. That means they still had to go through the night and still wait while all of Egypt is chasing them now. And they, I want to tell you, there's things that we think God's doing and he's got to do it right now. But I want to tell you, it's that little ripple of water that doesn't seem like much, but that's the wind of God blowing. And that wind of God that's blowing is pushing the water back. And God's not just interested in parting the waters and you stepping in the mud. God is trying to dehydrate the soil so you can walk out on dry ground. I've come to preach to somebody, don't underestimate what seems insignificant or little. Don't mistake the small things as insignificant things. Oh, they're just small kids. Yeah, you're right, but little kids turn into big kids. Oh, you know, it's just a little habit, good or bad, but you know little habits turn into lifelong big habits. It's just a small amount of money, but you know, what difference is that going to make on the debts? I want to tell you, compound interest, and when you pay things off, it becomes a debt snowball. And it doesn't seem like much, but if you will focus on the little things, it'll make a big difference. But you know, there's some people that get so discouraged about the fact that things aren't happening. They got doubts and questions, unresolved fears. Amen. I want to tell you, this is, a, this is a phrase I came across years ago. Tony Robbins once said, most people overestimate what they can accomplish in a year, but they underestimate what they can accomplish in a decade. I'm going to do all this and I'm going to do it all right now. I want to tell you, you might be overestimating, and that's why you're discouraged. But if you would say, you know what, I'm going to take the next 10 years, and I'm going to develop the habits uh, that make me the type of person uh, that are out of debt. I'm going to develop the type of habits uh, that make my marriage a good marriage. Uh, I don't want to just get to the end goal. I want to become the type of person that makes the end goal a reality. And instead of saying, i got to get it done in a time frame, what if you just say, I'm going to take one thing at a time that's small and insignificant to everybody else, and I'm going to invest, and I'm going to focus on that one thing I got a lot more I could preach but I want to tell you mom and dad don't stop fighting the little battles amen to be the best representation of your kids about love patience and a strong leadership your consistency makes more of a difference than those grandiose moments even if you fail sometimes remember it's the little by little get up and try again Husband and wife, spouse, don't stop doing and fighting the little, fighting for the little things in your marriage. Even when it's hard, it's the little things that make the biggest difference. Forgive and keep on trying. Saint of God, I know that we make mistakes and we fall, but don't ever stop getting back up. Because the Bible says the righteous man falls seven times, but he's got a habit that's different than other people that are unrighteous. He keeps getting back up. We pray for big signs, big miracles, big blessing, big opportunity, and all the big things. But I've come to preach to you today. Big things swing on little hinges. God uses the little things to show us it's not by our might or by our power, but it's by his spirit. God often shows up in the whisper to Elijah. He shows up in the little lad's lunch that feeds 5,000. He shows up in the little cruise of oil that pays off a widow's debt. He shows up in the little hand that is the, si the little cloud the size of a man's hand that ended up ending the drought. What could God do with the little thing that he's put in your life?
Would you lift up your hands? I'm done preaching. I want us to pray about the little things. I know there's big things you prayed for and big miracles you are asking for. And I want to tell you, but if we could say, God, I just want, I just want to, I want to focus in right now. What is a little thing that you want me to take care of? What is a little thing that you want to change in my life? What is a little habit that'll change my future and change my family over the course of the next 20 years? What is the thing that'll change the church over the next 20 years? Those are the things that we need to pray about right now. Come on, let's pray right now. Instead of looking through your telescope and seeing the great big things, today could you look through your microscope and say, God, what little things can I do today that will make all the difference? I want to open up this altar. Would you come down to the front? Come on. What we're going to do right now is we're going to come and pray. We're going to come and pray in this altar. But I don't want you to pray about your big dreams, your big hopes, your big miracles. I want you to pray about the little things that God has put on your heart uh, while I've been preaching. Uh, it might be as simple as I'm going home uh, and I'm cleaning my house. I'm going home and I'm making my bed. I, I know that seems extreme. and Maybe that's just for teenagers. No, it's for adults too. Uh, I'm going to go and take care of the little things. Uh, maybe it's I'm going to send an apology uh, text to somebody. Uh, maybe it's I'm just going to go uh, and, 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 and I'm not going to retaliate about this little thing it could be something small but that's what we need to focus on today would you pray all across this building as they begin to play and as they begin to sing would you pray about the little things come on let's pray come on mom and dad God's not asking you for the big things. He's asking for the little things on a Monday. Don't beat yourself up because you're not all the way where you want to be. God's just saying, will you focus on the little thing right now? Come on, this is a soul-searching moment. God, what little thing? Come on, Naaman. It might be as simple as wash and be clean. It might be as simple as apologize. Come on, the difference between a happy marriage and divorce might be as simple as saying, I'm sorry. I'm going to be better about that. It might be willing to be willing to compromise come on it might be the difference between being broke and being blessed by saying i'm going to take care of the 10 percent and let god take care of the 90 on your grace again less of me and more of you come on that's it would you lift up your voice and pray i just want to come on god's not asking for a big thing naaman God's not asking for a big thing. He's asking for a little thing right now. Come on, it's, your, it's not your big yes he cares about. It's that quiet yes when nobody's watching. It's not the prayer when everybody's watching. It's